Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you are listening to Lunchbox Radio, and today I have two special guests on the show. Um, they, recent, they have a anime YouTube channel, which they just got a computer for, but they also just started a new anime podcast. It's kind of an extension called Anime MCS. You can find it wherever good podcasts are. You guys are on everything at this point, right? Yeah, we're going through Anchor just like you are. And for the podcast, for some reason, we decided to switch it. Instead of just Anime MCS, it's now MCS Anime Podcast. Okay. Because I just prefer Anime Podcast. Just so, like, people know what they're getting when they click on it. And then there's me, the weird old dude who's like, what if I name my podcast after an obscure piece of tech used in the animation industry that had been phased out by time and technology. Also, old lunchboxes from the 90s. <laughs> but um, the voice you just heard, if you've listened before, you're probably familiar with, that was Slate D. Biggs, and he's joined by his brother. Uh, hello, I'm Zane. How you Zane? doing? And so we are here to talk about Keep Your Hands Off Azekin, which aired last season, I believe. Oh, what yeah. Is time? What is time? I've been inside for 19 years. Fucking, I turned 31 on Tuesday. <laughs> With everything that's happened this year, it feels like it's it's been, it's been a long one. It's going to be a long year, dude. Maybe a long next couple years. Fucking, who cares? You guys are in Missouri. You governor is just gonna like be like, we're done now. I don't care what you catch. There's like five cases in in one town. Yeah, there's no cases in my town. Well, I don't know. I haven't checked today. There was like one case from like a teacher, but he was from... Oh yeah, he he lives in a different town, so it counts as like a case there. But oh, like, that that's how they get here. you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, shit, I don't want to talk about COVID nineteen. 
Let's talk about uh, keep your hands off Facebook. Ken. Let's talk about something <laughs> fun. Yeah. Exciting. So, just out of curiosity, how much do you guys know about the process of animation before this show? All right, bro. <laughs> Let me tell you. When I was 12, I had Microsoft Paint. Oh, God. <laughs> I know where this is going. Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> and, and I became a master animator, obviously. So that's all I know about animators. You draw pictures in sequence that move, and you put them together. I don't know anything about the actual process. Because that's all I used. I didn't go any further with it. I mean, I I went to a lot of schooling for animation. Like I said, I was a, I've decided to be an old weirdo and name my podcast after what's called the Lunchbox, which is you guys remember the old lunch pails from the '90s with like Batman and shit on them, right? Yep. Imagine that, but not hollow inside, like filled with recording junk and with a little screen on it that could like count to like, I don't know, 15. Actually it counted to 24 specifically. And you could like line out into a TV and it would hold like one cycle of animation. And that, that's what, that's what the name is from because they call them lunch boxes. If you've, I think you can still buy one off of, like, eBay. But they're not super useful anymore. No. I mean, that was, like, the old school days when, like, cell animation was still mostly the thing. Well, I mean, uh, I would say probably the place you use them the most still is in... Let me move my mouse off the stop button. Is in um, college where they where they you would at least do one project in cell animation and then you'd probably move on. <laughs> I mean, I know the animation course in the school I went to, they did like maybe two projects in cell animation, and that's because the animation teacher was a crazy asshole. Um, <laughs> and then they just like were computer gremlins for the rest of their time there. <laughs> Yeah, since nowadays with like tablets and we have tons of like animation programs now, it's a lot more convenient and easy to use. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, like I can I can pick up my the tablet, the iPad Mini that I use, and in the same pro- program I draw in, just animate something if I'm feeling suicidal. So you got the technical side of what's happening and keep your hands off Azokin. Yeah. And like I got just sitting there and enjoying what's going on side. So I like this show, but I had a hard time getting through it, if that makes any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense because it's so good. Well, so let me tell you first the first reason why I had a hard time getting through it. The first reason I had a hard time getting through it was because I'd get halfway through an episode and that thing would make me want to draw. And I'd go off and draw because I can't do that while that's on screen because I can't read the screen and draw the pictures. There's like a part of me that just like experiences anime through the audio and occasionally looks up to like 
get it beamed into my eyeballs real quick so I can have an establishing shot and be like, okay, I know what this looks like. Um, which I know is terrible, but it's the way my brain works. Yeah, I do that sometimes too. Um, the latest thing I'm doing that with is Shield Hero, which is like, hey, what if we made the most awful world ever and lampshaded it so maybe we could get it by somebody? But the... I, I like it. No, I like it too. I just... There's a lot of fucking things. It's like, hey, there's a side character who's just a slave trader. Yeah. Uh, like, the, duty, uh, the duty picks up Raftelia from. Yeah, and like he shows up again and again. I know, and it's like, why are they still talking to this dude? What the fuck? Don. But the other thing... Like, that, yeah, we, we can do an episode about Rise of the Shield Hero, because it's I'm, getting ready. I'm getting there. I'm like all the way halfway through it, but... Um, the... The thing I like the most about Aizaken is that it has... It details out how you would think through world building. How you would think through the actual concepting of an anime. And why that's important, and why when that falls apart, it just does, like stuff doesn't click together and doesn't make any sense. I also like that we got to see their animations every time. Yeah, me too. That was probably one of the funnest parts of the show for me is when Asakusa starts going off into her own world. And they get, like, enveloped in this crazy sketch-style animation. And every time a vehicle's moving or anything's happening, it's, like, mouth noises from Asakusa's voice actress. Yeah. And, and uh, man, the, just the OST, even in the show, like, kind of sucks you in. And you're like, yes, yes! So how much... That's the way I about it, anyway. How much... Um, what's his face? Uh, the director of this. Oh, fuck. Um, Masaki Yuasa. Uh, yeah, how, how much Yuasa stuff have, have either of you seen? Um, I've seen most of what he's made, and I'm I'm a pretty huge fan of his, okay. which is about the show. I've like, seen Ping Pong and Devil Man Cry Baby. Yeah, of course you've seen Devil Man Cry Baby. I've seen those. I've seen Tatami Galaxy, and I've seen the the Night is Short, Walk On Girl, and Lou Over the Wall. But um, I, I haven't seen like everything. I haven't seen a Mind Game, or I haven't seen that a uh, Ride Your Wave. I think the movie that came out like that a couple looked, months ago. That was like in theaters before we all got shut up in our houses, so I don't blame anybody for not seeing that at this point. I wanted this wait. When was it? Ride your wave. Mark, weren't we talking about seeing that? Yeah, we were, but we couldn't. Oh, what? Wait, is that the same? What was the underwater one? No, that was Children of the Sea. Children of the Sea? That one looked pretty good. Yeah, that was. That got delayed because of the COVID 19. Oh, big sad. Yeah, and we can't see the Made in Abyss movie either. But 
we got to see Tokyo Godfathers before all that happened. So oh, you guys want to see that? Did you see the dub? Yeah. Yeah. How was the dub? We went and saw um, it in theaters. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was, the dub's pretty solid. No, because the only you guys know the story about the dub for that, right? Yeah. It only existed on Canadian television for like a one-time thing. Yeah, and then the like DVDs they were selling before were all subtitled only. Yeah, that I did. I did an episode on that a while ago. That is like the best, one of the best Christmas movies of all time. By lot, not just my estimation, lots of people's estimation. Um, yeah. but. The reason why I ask you guys if you, how much you watch the stuff you've seen is because, other than maybe Lou Over the Wall, which has a very like popular music centric soundtrack, keep your hands off Azoken sounds a lot like his like his all of his movies and other show and to Tommy Galaxy kind of sound. They have this like ethereal thing to them. Yeah. Only I think it works better. Go ahead. It's very, like, atmospheric. I guess that'd be the word for it. Yeah, I, I think it works better here because, I mean, like, they have, like, that, like, like, woo, 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 whenever, like, go, they're going into the drawing. And yeah. I love that, like, whoever's around them also ends up in the drawing. And they're like, what the fuck? Why are we here? Um, but I think it's a great illustration of imagination. Um, and then there's Kanamori, the business gremlin. <laughs> She's in it for the money. Me. At some point, they like m- make the decision for like a scene to call her Kanamani, and I'm like. That's what they should call her from now on. That should Con- just call her Kana money. Cash money. Oh, bro, <laughs> did you watch any of Dodo Head Dodo? I haven't. I I saw a muscle okay. chicken-headed man, and I'm like, I, I, I got other stuff to do. <laughs> I can't get into like muscle-bound chicken head. About- Actually, if you're talking about Kaimon, he's got a lizard head. I know. I understand that that's not the main character. I understand that that was a uh, Twitter thread in which okay. I saw someone say, I know what's different here. This chicken... <laughs> this chicken uh, is more ripped. Dang. I was hoping you could weigh in on the waifu wars or the best girl wars. Best girl of the season. Because Zane says best girl of the season is Kanamori of the winter season. And, okay. dude, I'm all about Nikaido from Dodo Hey Dodo. Man, I'll, 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 t- I'll take Kanamori every time, honestly. Because hey. she's hey, all about me. No, bro. Nikaido, dude, she's cute as hell. She's got the blonde hair, the blue eyes. She's kind of buff. She can kick your ass. And she'll make you food, bro. She's she owns a restaurant. Yeah, but and... Kanamori. So he, here's what I would say. I'm not familiar with Nikaido, but Kanamori seems like 
at some point, she'd at least consider, she'd be like, I'm a fucking gremlin person. But I'm pretty sure if I play this right, I could, like, make an OnlyFans and make piles of fucking money. Because the internet is, is the money zone. She shall gain simps. <laughs> Many simps. Dude, that's one of my favorite things to come out of 2020 is the word simp. It's like, it was probably around before that. I don't know. I just, like, heard it. It definitely was. And I'm like... I'm like, bro, that's hilarious. Because now, like, there's all kinds of different ways you can use it. Like, it can be an action. You can be simping. You can become a simp. That guy is simping. I'm, I'm glad you have a new, you have a new word for, you, for use. Dude, there's, it's just one good thing that's come out of 2020. You know, we kick it off, and we're like, World War Three. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> World War Three, deadly virus. No one has any money anymore. No one has any job anymore. Now we're in fucking World War CV. <laughs> fucking go. I, it's, yeah, I just... I think she's really great because she... She she's supposed to represent the business side of the industry, but what she's more like is like the business side if they're doing the, if the PR side if they're doing their job well, like um the public relations guy for Trigger is the one who is like yo we need to make a Patreon because. You guys have fun making these shows, but I'm not sure we're making enough money <laughs> to keep the lights on. And the trigger like the trigger staff was like, no, 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 until trigger fans were just like, hey, we would give you money directly. We don't care if you make anything with it. I mean I mean, with how much money they would make from Patreon, it still wouldn't really be much to cover like the cops for like equipment or like yeah staff. totally but it's it's anything because generally speak generally speaking where where either can ends when they're like straight up fucking forming their own dvd market that's what the kind of point of anime always was i mean Gundam was created to sell cheap plastic toys to kids. Yeah. And generally speaking, what determines whether or not an anime gets another season is if the Blu-rays sell well. Yeah, so I like, mean, nowadays, like, streaming's kind of becoming more important in general since, like, Blu-ray DVD sales have been, like, dropping over the years. Because I, I remember, like, Fire Force's Blu-ray sales were very low in Japan. But it's still getting a second season just because it did well enough overseas and with streaming. It's getting a second season fast, too. I think it's scheduled for summer. Yeah, if it doesn't get delayed. Yeah. That's, well, yeah. um, that's, um, that's the studio that does JoJo's, right? Yeah, David Productions. 
I mean, if anybody could do it, they could. They, like... They're probably just happy to, like... You mean we get to make another season of characters without hard edges to their cheeks? That sounds amazing. Sono Chino Sadame! Jojo! Yes, thank you. <laughs> are you guys? Are you guys? Are you guys ready for? Which one is the Italian prison? No, that was the first arc. Now it's part Florida five. prison. If you're talking about, am I ready for Stone Ocean Part Six? Yeah, it's in Florida. I'm so much more excited now. That yeah. sounds yeah, amazing. But... And it's Jethro's daughter. Jolene. I've been to fucking Florida. That place is fucked. Let's go. Dude, I don't think you have to go to Florida to know it's fucked. They've already, like, reopened the state. They're like, yeah, if everyone gets sick, oh, screw fuck it. Off. Fuck off. God damn it. The WWE is an essential business. Yeah, I, I saw that. That I did see. I didn't know they, like, were attempting to reopen the state. <laughs> Oh, by the way, for the rest of this podcast, I am to be referred to as Essential Worker Slater. (laughs) Okay, Essential Worker Slater. How about Hazard Pay treating you? Pretty pretty good, pretty good. I'm making like $14, $14 an hour to make pizza. So it's doing something. No, in Missouri, I mean, in New York, that's probably like, what am I going to do? <laughs> but in Missouri, it's like pretty decent money, actually. Yeah, that's almost $15. Yeah, I, if, like, if most people in, in on the East Coast make $15 an hour, they also have another job that pays them $15 an hour so they can pay rent. <laughs> yeah, I guess rent's fucking ridiculous in those places yeah rent is ridiculous on like each coast but on like the two coasts but like in the middle but like in the middle it's seemingly fine in in the midwest you know you can find some pretty decent prices for you know like the bigger cities and from what slate says you also get to live outside an an unfinished horse track museum With scaffolding yeah. sticking out of it. This town raised up some championship racehorses, bro. <laughs> and that matters right now. Um, and years ago, we had, like, the biggest distributor of fire bricks. I, I believe I'm going to say in the United States. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> okay. Good thing I never. So, if anybody wonders why I don't edit the normal Thursday shows, it's because even when it's just me, they go this off the fucking rails. Yeah, I I was. I I was gonna try and segue back. I was gonna say, so the geography of the town they live in in Azokin is pretty cool, right, guys? I was actually going to attempt the same thing. Um, Geography of the town seems like a. Flip inside out. Um, what's that block town in 
China. Like, it's like Kowloon, it's like Kowloon, the Kowloon Walled City, but like flipped inside out. If that makes any sense. I like, I like how there's nature woven into the whole city and it's so like hilly and there's waterways all over the place. It just like sets it up to be a, like, something that'd be amazing to animate in the first place but they're like basing their anime off of the town's geography so it's like animeception well that's because the um arguably the main character oh, i just watched the last episode what what is her name um asakusa asakusa has like Spent her Sorry. entire life being an art gremlin in the sewers and fucking sketching this town from top to bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, we've talked about Asakusa and Kanamori, but where's the love for the model, the actress girl, you know? Mizusashi. Is that her name? Yeah, Mizusashi. Mizusashi. She, like, she was actually doing the animating. I mean, she was doing the character animation. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like I said, y'all got the technical part. Yeah, like... <laughs> Sachi is where, like, this show starts to drive me a little nuts, I think. Because I think, I mean, like, the, the, the episode where they, like, show her learning to animate her grandmother's throwing the tea out, on, out into the lawn... Is like beautiful and great, and how she like learns about human anatomy to like help her grandma get up and sit down better is also great. But then they get into like, and then she spent an entire night and finished a whole cut of animation. I was capable. I, I was capable of doing that and making sure it was absolute dog shit quality. Like, it, that is not a thing you can do. You have to be a crazy person. When I was in college... I mean, I considering people, like, all-nighters and sneak into the school just to, like, finish their animation. Yeah, but, I mean, the, like... The scene it's with like Kamor- For a big studio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's showing, like, crunch time and how shitty work environment for animation is. It's and, crunch time all the time. 24-7, 365 days a year. I mean, that that is technically true of animators. But, so, Zane, do you know about, you know about in-betweening, right? Yeah. And you know that that's usually farmed out. Yeah, it's usually, like, that's usually the stuff that's, like, outsourced. Yeah, I kind of wanted Kanamori to, like, make some other club, like, her slave minions and be like, okay, you, you're fucking doing all the in-betweens. Go. I mean, they kind of did that with the painting club where they had them do the coloring for the backgrounds, I yeah. think. And they would always have to, like, ask... Asakusa a million questions about, like, why is this there or why is this that color? Wouldn't it make more sense if this was like this, though, and then Asakusa would, like, 
go crazy trying to figure something out and then just go wander around like getting into trouble and then she'd be like oh it's actually i figured it out i can't wait to show everyone and suck them into an insane animation so they the scene at least in the 11th episode when she's wandering around i'm pretty sure was a reference to the Studio Ghibli story about how they came up with um, the water spirit in um... uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you three seconds. Three. Spirit away. Fuck you with your oh, three seconds. Got it. Got it. And, and like how he like saw like a team of kids pull a bike out of a river or something. And I like that they directly are like. Poking at Miyazaki at one point to just like make her dress like Miyazaki with the apron and the beard and everything. And I'm just like, oh, this is this is a group of people that Miyazaki may or may not have told to go fuck themselves at some point in his career. Anime was a mistake. Yes, a great. (laughs) He just the crankiest fucking weirdo ever. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird, because, like, he makes some pretty, like, optimistic and hopeful shows, but we actually, like, see him in person. He's kind of a fucking douchebag. And then Junji Ito is so, like, sweet and warm and, like, giggly. Yeah. But... And he, he makes, like, some of the most popular horror manga. Have you guys, um, have you guys seen Kingdoms of Dreams of Madness? Uh, that's the Ghibli documentary, isn't it? That's like the that's the Ghibli documentary that they made before they decided they were going to make like nine of them. No, they haven't. I think it's on Netflix. You should go watch that because there's a section because um, Hideki Anno I think started in Studio Ghibli for like a brief period of time, and then he like left to go join Gainax, and that connection is still there. So the reason why Hideki Anno is the voice of the main character in the wind in the wind rises is basically because a producer was like, "What if we just asked Anno, the inept psycho, to like <laughs> come in and do voice acting best he can?" And like the light you see in Miyazaki's eyes when he realizes I'm gonna get to fuck with this guy again is the best. <laughs> I, like, if I remember right, I think Hideki did some animation on Nausicaa. Yes, he did. He he totally did anim- um a and, good amount of animation on Nausicaa. And I think he did direct um, Nadia for, for like half of it, but then he left. Nadia was like arguably the thing that sent him like in a downward spiral that got us Ava because some got one of his producer friends met him in a bar and was like, look, just give me fucking anything and I'll put it on screen. <laughs> like, give us a giant robot show and we will find a fucking time slot for it. Yeah, all, all the death threats that he got from fans didn't help all that much. I, I, so, the thing I... 
the thing that gets to me about Isaac Hen is I think between I think if you like had a perfect marriage of Shirobako and of Isaac Hen, you would have a perfect kind of distillation of everything about like you could make a show about a studio entirely. Yeah, Shirobako is much more focused on like the business, like behind the scenes stuff with animation, whereas Aizoken's kind of more about communicating the feeling and emotion of what being an animator is like. The passion! And the hardship. But the... (sighs) I'm going to tell a depressing story about an animator I met one time. I was at a party. I forget, like, a party in New York. I met this guy who was a CGI, who was a CG animator, who was working on the Charlie Brown movie. Remember that, like, Charlie Brown CGI paste movie that, like, came out and disappeared? Yeah. It was not very well liked. But the guy got hired, but the studio got hired to just do that, to do that animation. So, like, that's part of that dude's resume now. And people look at that and they're like, oh, you did, you did Charlie Brown, whatever. I don't think Shirobako does a great job of, I think the second season of Shirobako does a better job of this. But I think it's part of the reason why Kanamori is my favorite character in Isaacen. It's she goes out and she gets these jobs. She goes out and she's like, "Okay, ramen shop, let us make an ad for you." Okay, da 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 da. But when the animators are let, like when the two animators and uh, Asakusa and um. The model girl are like left their Mizusashi are left to their own devices. They're just kind of morons. Yeah. So it's 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 like that one meme where it's like the one girl has like the two pet animal leashes and is like trying to hold on to the two people together. That's basically kind of. I like. I need a Kanamori in my life. <laughs> Everyone needs a Kanamori in their life. I want to get you out here and actually get you to do something. Yeah, they're like, all right, I'm going to take all your good ideas and I'm going to do something with them and set them up so you have a deadline now and you have to work <laughs> on it. Oh, you mean not like me? Well, I'm like, I better finish editing the last 15 minutes over the next hour so I can post this thing at the same time every week. Like, I keep saying I'm going to. And then the ca- the clock starts again, and I'll only think of what I'm going to do for a Sunday show, like, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, you know, even if Connor Maurice doesn't really care all that much about animation the same way that the other two do, she's, like, she is a lot more, like, proactive and actually, like, putting their work out there even to the point where she has to resort to like blackmailing some of the school <laughs> the like, 
so I think that she, I think that she does value it because like there's a very like there's mo- there's money in Demdare Hillsness to Kanamori that uh, I think people underestimate. I, I heard them. I heard um, Zach, who's a huge fan, Zach, the editor of Anime News Network, who's a huge fan of this show, say this on the in their in their podcast about this show, and it's that like. She see like when she sees um Mizusashi and um oh, I can only hold one of their long ass names. Uh, uh, Asaka says like first initial like meeting and like kind of jam session, she is like this is how we make fucking bank. Like I'm gonna have to aim this stupid cannon. But this is how we make bank. And yeah. from that point on, her goal is always that you make money, that they make money from their, like, animations. Or that some... Man, I some... really like... Uh, sorry to cut in. No, go ahead. I really like the episode uh, where they went back into Kanamori's, like, upbringing and she was helping out at that random store. And that was kind of like showing you how she got to like put get put in this direction to where she is now. Like you saw the moment she realized, oh, I need to hustle. Okay, so I'm gonna throw a name at you guys. Have you ever heard of Gary V? Nope. Gary Vaynerchuk is a Massive entrepreneur, he turned running the social media account and, by and large, his, the actual building of his father's um, wine, like alcohol bid, alcohol store, liquor store called the Wine Library in New Jersey, into having a whole ass digital advertising agency. The dude is still out in the streets, like hustling even though he really doesn't fucking have to and like i had this moment when i was watching that episode where i was like oh kanamori just gary v but not a total asshole yeah i I think there was like a quote on that episode where she says that nobody care nobody's gonna care about a story that they never heard of or something like that it's like in the episode where she's like helping that store or during like the snow storm and there's not really any people coming out but there's only like a handful of people and it's not really like worth really keeping business running if that's all you're really getting well the the thing I, I like the most about her and we'll get to um Mizusashi and Asakusa next but I think they gave, I think they actually gave like, inadvertently, they gave Kanamori the most character, because she's not... She's, like, the... She's the business gremlin. She's not the art gremlin. The art gremlins are just kind of fun to watch run around. Like, you have to have something to, like, attach you to Kanamori, I I think it was the thinking, at least. I really liked when they were being berated by the... by the school for making money outside of school... And she's like, don't fucking give me this intern bullshit. 
Because I will tell you, as someone who worked for many years in the New York, like, creative professional world, you get all the time, well, it'll be good exposure. Fuck your exposure. I'll do this for the love. I got bills to pay. Right. And, like, I... The like thing that the like excuses they feel like you should you should do it for the appreciation of the craft, and like she's like ah oh, that's horseshit. Yeah, you just, yeah. You just not, sorry. No, go ahead. You know, there's not really much of a reason to like have it to enjoy it for the sake of it if you're not really like making dirt with it. Yeah, like, I like playing music, but bro, I'm not going to show up to your house and play for free unless, like, you know, there's the occasion, like, it's a favor for a friend or it's a, yeah, like, a no, house. Totally. But I don't make, like, I do love music. I do want to make music for the love of making music. But if I'm putting enough effort into it where I'm practicing with, a like, a full band three times a week and we're playing, like, ten to 15 shows a month, bro, we need to be making some money on it. Like, I'm not driving all over the place and getting all this gear just to, like, show people my music. We, we, we need something to show yeah, it, Come it, on. If you're good at something, don't ever do it for free. So, like, everyone in my band, not my band, but the band I was in, they, like... We had a business, dude. Our front man was, like, all business. He was setting up all of our shows and stuff. But he wasn't creative enough. And I'm not hating on Bradley. But he just, like, he wasn't putting in, like, where where the money really is in, like, merch and physical stuff. We should have been putting the band money into that. Kind of like we were talking about earlier with, the like, the point of making anime is to sell DVDs and merchandise. And, like, at, at this point, it's, I mean, at this point, I, I mean, it, it's still to sell DVDs and merchandise, even though DVDs are dropping off. It, it, it's largely to sell merchandise at this point. I mean, that's the whole reason. Shirts, why... posters, scrolls, keychains, figures. Yep. Sexy figures. <laughs> Man, I, I've got like freaking piles of sexy figures. Thank you. Um, yeah. I have Kirishima from My Hero Academia. Oh, fuck. He, he's sexy <laughs> from a pers- from a certain perspective. I, yeah. I, I I have um I have you like right. I have Uraka. I have Uraka like all the way back there, but that's about it. But the so what they set Kanamori up as in that moment is like she's here to make sure that somehow these two knuckleheads don't get overrun by everybody else because it the pro the problem with it the problem with the anime industry is the only right now generally is the only people who work in it unless you work in a really good studio are doing it for the love because they don't make enough money to be doing it out of their own smarts and genius 
You make something like two dollars an hour. Yeah, and mo- most of the time, I think I think most animators are usually just like working for three to four months before they either quit due to overwork and stress, or die. Some of them die. Or, yeah, or just if it like doesn't kill them. And I I know there's some like studios that are doing what they can to like ease that. I know like QAnty specifically, they they like sit they run their own like animation schools where they teach well, students who will eventually become like staff members for their shows. So one of the things that um Kanamori says kind of co- kind of as an, one of her aside business things is like we need when she does when she um after they do the first show she's like okay we need to go out and get our own show now technically the school owns that thing and so i th- ultimately that's how they get to the um ramen shop guy and she's like if we can own our own ip we can sell whatever we want alongside it it doesn't yeah. we don't need to care that well, is they they didn't didn't they do like the animation for the robot club before that? Oh yeah, the robot club was before that, and then they were like, and then Conmore yeah. was like, okay, we need to do our own IP. Let's go. I have an idea. Come with me. Yeah, and it's like they did sell DVDs for the robot club like anime, but because the robot club was taking like half of the profit from those, they didn't really make all that much from yeah. it. Yeah, and. That whole idea of like owning your own IP and doing that is the whole reason why Kill Annie is so fucking successful. Yeah, because they they don't do anything they don't do anything but their own original IP. They don't like they don't yeah, they, like, take they, a job from somebody. They don't do like any uh like in between work or any like outsourcing for their shows, as far as I know. No, no, they don't. They might start because you know they got burned to the ground, um, which yeah. is awful. But we are gonna end talking about that. And <laughs> I was hoping the conversation wasn't gonna lean towards Kyoani getting fire. And it's like, as, as far but as like, did it. as far as like their output goes, they don't make too many like shows or in like a whole year. They usually only make like two or three shows a year, and then they make, like, a bunch of movies. Yeah, I know they work more on movies, because that's less stress, and they they have a really good compensation program. Everything is... Everything's a lot flatter than it is normally. Like... Yeah, they, they pay their animators more decently, and they actually, like, give them breaks and time off so that they're not, like, killing themselves working there. Not like, not like friggin' um, Studio Ghibli no, and I, its like tiny cohort of slaves, all who live in fear of the white beard. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's like Kyo Annie have a pretty like unified style to their work, but at the same time, there's, you know, they they don't really have like that one like draconian director who will just like throw all their shit out and just redo everything himself. <laughs> Because he's that, he's that much of a perfectionist dick. 
fucking call his own son show. It was it was his it was his movie. Yeah. Fucking three years later. I may have been a bit harsh. I might be a terrible dad. And I I shat on my own son because he made one bad movie when he didn't want to. I remember because I saw that I saw um Kingdom of Dreams and Madness in the theaters. I came out of the theater and the person who I saw it was was like, "Why does he keep doing this? Why does he? If he doesn't, oh my god, family business, kid, family business. Don't worry about it. like it. He probably knows everybody, all the executive." People work at that at Ghibli better than you know his own dad. And it, the the thing I will say about this show is, and Shirobako does this to a certain extent. Um, actually, uh, to more than a certain extent, to a big extent, is it doesn't acknowledge all the negative parts of the industry as much. Like, my big thought about, my immediate thought is, like, they're making all this money. What the fuck is Kanamori doing with it? Are the gremlins getting any money out of this deal? Or is it, like, or is Kanamori the fucking secret monopoly man and we don't know it? I'm assuming they, like, get some of it, but I think most of it will just go to, like, more marketing and... Funds for future projects, more equipment. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they say. Yes, um, they, even, they even have, like, their own Twitter account, and she's, like, advertising them on it. But then I remember one of them says, oh, they must be fun messing around on social media. But then Kanamori's just like, there's nothing fun about social media. Fuck, I remember she, like, shoved her phone in the face. She's like, fuck you, you do it. Um... I love the scene in the last episode when they're at... In the last episode when they're at con- when that comicette, and she's like, okay, it's time for the bags. And they're like, what? And then they did a bag on the head because she, like, set up this fucked up social media, like, ARG that they have to participate in. Yeah, but people will be curious as to why Misa Sachi, the model, would want to hide herself for the fact that she's making it of And like, they freaking. Th- this was a nice touch. This is like a nice animator touch. I love that they, they made you know that they wore those bags for so long by the fact that they were fucking disgusting where the mouth is. Yeah, you see like a little stain. <laughs> like, a sock says, like, napkin shoved up and under. Like, I, gross. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that moment too. Whenever Mizusashi meets with her parents and they're like proud of her, because yeah. being an animator was something she thought like they would hate, and she wanted to keep secret from them. I really feel like out of the three, Asakusa got the least amount of like a character arc. Yeah. She I mean, was kind of like the neutral one. Well, because. I mean, you they- Go ahead. Sorry. 
they kind of like they just want her to be like the id of the show because she she's the introduction of the show and she's the like she's the she's the first thing you see in the show and she's the last person you hear from in the show so they want her to be like the they want her to be like the key that makes the whole equation work basically because as a former animator who fucking hates backgrounds with a violent passion I don't know how to do them at all I love drawing backgrounds and painting I hate them so much when... oh you see this wall behind us I don't think he can see anything he can oh, you did that yeah you did that I mean, there's not much to it. It's just space. But I put, like, actual constellations all over it. Yeah, I don't have patience for that shit. I just don't. I never have. I'm like, let me draw the cool characters. And, like, when it comes to a background, like, maybe I could manage a fucked up palm tree. Go ahead. When I'm drawing, I I mostly just do like just figure drawings and like characters specifically. I, I've always had a hard time doing backgrounds, so character models. I like doing the background. Yeah, but yeah. I also like. See, I didn't animate much. Like like I said at the start of the podcast, I had Microsoft Paint, Windows Movie Maker. Yeah, but I mean, when I was in like sixth grade, I got so obsessed with manga. That I I started my own manga and I would draw for like five to six hours a night. I'd stay up to like two or three in the morning, and then I'd sleep all day at school like a jackass. <laughs> and then I'd just be up all night drawing manga again. And I ended up I ended up doing like eight volumes of a manga. And uh, so I know what it's like since I play music. And I, I've drawn, I've painted, and I've, I've put work into my YouTube videos. I know what it's like to get super passionate and just, like, sit down and get sucked into something. And, like, the, child, the, the childlike uh, wonder and imagination and passion really drives the show to, like, make someone who's also creative want to get creative and... It it made me want to get back into like all of the artsy fartsy stuff that I grew up doing and just kind of put down. I mean, I, obviously, like I said, I would make it through half an episode at a time for a while because I was like, I gotta go draw. Like, nope, I got ideas. Got got to pause and go do this and like come back to it like a day later. <laughs> um, but I, it just. That sustaining that takes a lot more work than this show like wants you to believe. I well, understand. Yeah. Like, I understand not, why it does that. Yeah, that's that's not the purpose of the show. It's not like a. It's like um. Have you guys seen Golden Boy? Yeah. Have you seen I the have. last episode of Golden Boy? Yeah, where he gets a job at a animation studio <laughs> and they have like a 10 minute conversation 
about nipples. When they're like talking about how you draw nipples to make them sexy. Yeah. That's the kind of shit that like I think this show could have used more of. Not specifically about nipples, but like I mean they kinda do that when in like one of the first few episodes when Misu Sachi's like talking about how she would animate the character in their first like animation demo and she was kind of going on about how wanting to make it feel realistic but then it would be like too much detail or too much work into it it's so Kamori and like he was like telling her to like streamline it or simplify it a bit more just to make it easier yeah. to get out and that was actually the problem for many years with JoJo is that the character, like his character, are so fucking angular and filled with line work that it took studio, studio damn it, studio, not Dean, David, da- David. I had the D. It took David production to like committing to it to get it actually made, and that's why. We have more than the insane, deeply redacted 1995 direct-to-VHS copies. Um, which were redacted because they heavily featured the Koran. Um, yeah. And that kind of like the production for the old OVAs, like, halted. They, I think they even like delayed the manga for like a few months. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, yeah, they totally they, did. They even forced Iraqi to like redraw scenes from Star Wars Crusaders where they were like destroying mosques. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All because the animation studio were like stupid. But um I just I wish that they I wish they had a little bit more pushback because the way the like arc of the show goes, they get pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back until they like premiere one of their shorts and everybody's like blown away by it. And the only critics that they have in the room are themselves. Whereas like, yeah, there'll be some hater. There would at least be some haters or some people with some valid criticism. As I would tell my friend who actually went to see Kingdom Dreams Madness and went to art school with nobody's perfect. Like as much as you see perfection in something, uh, it's not perfect. It's just yeah. it's more than you imagined being done. Yeah, but at I, the same time, like they were impressed what they were able to do with what little they had to work with, but. You know, that they were so critical of their own thing just kind of showed that they saw, like, what they could have done better. Yeah, and the thing I liked about um, the last, the like, the last animation they basically ended on, the um, Shimahaba UFO War thing, is that, like, it had straight-up storyboards in it in the middle. <laughs> like, they're like, we did not finish this all the way. Yeah, and when one of the big worries was that the track that they wanted to use got 
erased and the track that they had to use didn't really fit with what they initially had so they had to like crunch to like rework it to make it fit with the music you know when she was like we only have to do two more cuts i'm like there are three fucking people and one of and one of them can't animate what the fuck You are screwed. Yeah. And then, you know, Asakusa is just like, you know what, I, I don't really like the ending now, so we'll just remake the ending and just make it as quick as we can. I want, Do you guys think they'll do a second season of this? Uh, I'm not too sure, because, like, you know, Sci- Science Saru, Yuasa Studio, don't generally make second seasons. Of shows, and, and also like th- this fucking this fucking ended him. He's stepping down from directing. Yeah, he's stepping down from like the pre- being the president or CEO of the studio. Yeah, yeah, but it's like given like the studio's track record, I wouldn't hold my hopes to it. But I wouldn't, I would be all up for it if they did do a second season of it, and they give it to JC Staff. No. Fuck <laughs> off. I will find you. <laughs> and, but, uh, but at the same time, though, if you wanted to get more of it, you could just start reading the manga, I guess. Which, thankfully, they announced like a month or two ago that they were localizing the manga into English. Did, does that continue? Did it continue on where the show ends? Yeah, it, it continues more after where the show ends. Oh, that's interesting. Did you read? No, I, I haven't read okay. anything. I've just seen, like... You just, like, looked up some more information about it just in case you wanted to read it? Yeah, and it, it's being published by Dark Horse. So. Oh! Huh. Yeah, Dark Horse and... Generally does good shit. Good. Yeah, they published Berserk and Bob Psycho. And they think they're putting out the new, like, deluxe edition for Helsing. Oh, you mean it's not being published by the one premier manga publisher, otherwise known as Tokyo Pop? No, no we, we don't. We, we don't talk about Tokyo Pop. <laughs> I remember when existence, even though they're still around. I remember and, when Slate was like, "Have you heard about Tokyo Pop?" I'm like, "Dude, fucking boarded yeah. went up in flames like in front of my eyes." Yes, I've heard of Tokyo Pop. <laughs> It still baffles me that they're still around. I know, right? It's like a fucking they're, they're It's hilarious. That they're publishing in English. It's like, I want to support the manga, but I don't want to support Tokyo Pop. Red Bard did a really good... I think she did two videos on it. Yeah, yeah she did two the, videos on it. And then Tokyo Pop. She did one that was based off their, like, English original manga. <laughs> That's something that I always wondered, like, could that happen whenever I was making my manga? I was like, <laughs> there's no way I can ever get a manga. I'm yeah, no, you right didn't thing. want one, apparently. <laughs> it was a nightmare. I remember when they, that's, that's, I read, um, I read all of DramaCon. I think I may still have all of it, actually. And when that was initially coming out, 
that like all when all that OEL stuff was still coming out, that like information about how they were treating all those people was also like leaking left, right, and center. It was not a good look. <laughs> But, um, so do you guys have any final thoughts? Um, well, I, I watched 10 series that season, last season, winter. And out of all of them, Azoken is by and far number one for me. But also, if you ask me, it was kind of a, like lackluster season. I mean, there was stuff that was good, but I, it, there was nothing that I was like super, super, super into besides Somali and the Forest Spirit and Azokin. I mean, there was other stuff that like I loved, but it's just like if I compare it to some older stuff, not as good. So I'm, I'm not saying that like. Azokin is my number one, so I mean that means it's absolutely amazing. Like, but next to everything else that was it, like with, maybe that's not the highest compliment. But it was a great show, and I highly recommend watching it. It's a nice, like, short. I don't. Th- I think it has a nice pace too. And it has a, it has a pretty good pace. Yeah, it, it definitely. It's the standout of its season, no matter what kind of you think of it, because it is so. But, I like that they avoided like making the girls like the Shirobako girls like cute yeah, art people. They, they like they they are fucking they're art gremlins. They're like the kid the like the fucking uh, kids you went if you went to art school. They're the kids you went to art school with. They're like the girl who nobody talks to because she's obnoxious. And you get stuck in the squeaky chair when she knocks on your dorm room and everybody else goes upstairs and you're stuck in the squeaky chair. Because if you move, she knows you're there. (laughs) They're not conventionally attractive like how a lot of anime tend to make the women. Well, also they they like wear... Ugly clothes exist, <laughs> like clothes that are not. But I... You don't think bucket hats are cool, <laughs> dude? I have a bucket hat from when I had an afro and had to go to the movies and like had to bucket hat it up so people could see over my fucking afro. You're well, so considerate. Well, Kanamori had that sweet shoe backpack. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was... noticed that. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is happening with her backpack? What in fuck? Yeah. What are your final thoughts on Azokin Zane? Um, I really, I really loved it. Not even just as like a fan of Yuasa and the studio, but just kind of like for the show in general. It's it's very unique and it's very uh, it's very relaxing and comfortable. I guess be the word for it. The last thing I'll say is I want nothing more than to experience that opening in 
VR. Does that make Dude, any sense? Have you watched uh have you watched Kelmeco's full video for it? Kelmeco's full Oh yes, I have. I I watched that um when there's like a bunch of clones of them and they're wiggling around yeah. and stuff. Oh my god. Have you, have you seen the SpongeBob version of the opening? No, I have not. <laughs> no. <laughs> if it if it's anywhere as good as the SpongeBob hand washing PSA that was on that was on the um we're recording this the day they're having that giant concert, that giant tel like telethon concert. And they had SpongeBob do a hand washing PSA where he washes his hands so much that he ended up with nubs where his hands would be. Nubs. That's how I dude, my skin is so dry and cracky dude. and itchy. Nope. Do some manscaping. Get some moisturizer. Do your hands don't feel like tree bark? Bro, moisturizing your hands is not manscaping. It's all it's just state of mind. Everyone needs nice skin. <laughs> it's important. Well, you hear that, y'all out there? Keep your skin nice and soft. Don't look like a damn reptile like me. <laughs> and on that note, I have been Alex, and you've been listening to Slate. And Zane. Slate. Slater and, and Zane. And From then, anime, yes. Also, I'm waiting for you to say something. Podcast. I was going to say Zane, but okay. Um, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you like the podcast, definitely subscribe to it on your podcast app of choice. Um, available on as just as many things as Lunchbox Radio is is MCA is MCS Anime Podcast, which is run by these two gentlemen. And check out their YouTube channel at Anime MCS. But until next time, I've been Alex, and I will talk to you on Sunday.
た未来はいつしか命になって僕が生きた